I think that entrepreneurs and businesses, small and medium, should absolutely be looking at export markets. Investors, I would say investing in companies that are diversified in export, well, that's a great opportunity. As I said, they have more opportunities to sell. And for job seekers, look for companies that do international business. It's exciting and more and more companies are involved. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everybody. Do you have a product or service you think might interest businesses or consumers who live in another country? Perhaps you're looking to invest in such a product or service. Or maybe you're looking for a job or career opportunity and serving different global markets. If any of these are of interest to you, you'll want to hear what my guest expert, Betsy Olam, has to say on this episode of Looking Forward. Betsy spent over 40 years in the exporting and international trade world, so she knows quite a bit about all this. To learn more about Betsy, listen to the episode or check the show notes. And please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Okay. Let's get started. Well, hi, Betsy. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Thank you, Jeff. It's so great to be here. I'm honored that you asked me to be a guest today. Thank you. My pleasure having you on. You're quite welcome. I'm very interested in global opportunities. Our world, in some ways, is shrinking. We are getting closer, and certainly business fits into that, and that's where you fit in. You're an expert, Betsy, on the business of exporting and international trade. Would love to have you share with our audience when and why you first got involved in that line of work. Okay. I continue to be energized by what I do. It started for me in Savannah, Georgia in 1982. I moved there after college, just going to flip, to be honest. And I became interested in the shipping business. Savannah is a major port and major shipping companies and related businesses are there. And I don't know, it's maybe it sounds silly, but the whole shipping business was a romantic idea to me. So I got interested. I found out about a management training program with a global steamship company. It was called the United States Lines. They were one of the great companies back then. And they were looking to hire women. 1982. It was kind of a new thing for the shipping business. So I joined the training program and afterwards I went into sales and I was calling on shippers, used our vessels to get them to, you know, use our ships for their cargo. And we were shipping to Asia and Panama and Hawaii and Guam. And um, ever since then, I have stayed in exporting and international trade and I've never looked back. 
Since then, I've worked with other steamship companies. I've worked for an international insurance broker. I worked for a cotton exporter. I worked for international paper. And then in 1997, I created my export management company, which is called Olam International. Very creative name. <laughs> and I'll tell you a little bit more about it as we get into the discussion. But since 1982, I've been in this business and I love it. It's great that even after doing this for about 40 years, that you remain excited. I love it when people found their calling at a younger age, because for them, it's not work. And I really fell into it. It wasn't like after college, this is what I'm going to do. It just happened. And I was lucky. Were you scared? after having been in the business for 15 years, to start your own business. That's a little bit scary for some people. No, because I'd had this idea for a while. And my business is more from what the original idea was. Originally, I wanted to have a trading company, trading commodities, that sort of thing. And when I started the business, it was more logistics focused. But now what I do is sales, international sales on behalf of small to medium-sized U.S. companies. I help them either start an export business or grow an export business. It's a little different than the original concept. It's a very important point because when we're in a business, no matter what size the business is, we do have to be able to pivot to evolve once we learn a little bit more about what it is that the market tells us they really need and want. Absolutely. Was I scared? No, I couldn't wait. I mean, International Paper was a great company. I loved working for them. They were very good to me, but I just couldn't wait to get out on my own. Well, you have and had then the entrepreneurial spirit. Looking forward is in part, Betsy, about trends. And so I wanted to ask you, what trends do you think are having an impact on exporting and international trade these days? Exports. Or seem to be increasing as our economy is growing again after COVID. I'd say one of the most important trends as a result of our experience during COVID is shippers have been inspired to reevaluate their logistics programs because the extreme supply chain interruptions, which affected everybody in the world, made us Think about how we would become more efficient and our supply chains more reliable. So that's something I've seen. I think everybody's experiencing that. But some of it's behind the scenes that you may not, you know, if you're just buying this or that product off the shelf, you have no idea the extremes that these companies have had to go to to source their products or re-move to other manufacturing locations or sourcing locations. So a lot has happened because of COVID. Another thing that happened during COVID for shippers, for importers and exporters, particularly importers, the goods are coming in and you've probably heard stories about during COVID ships, 30, 40 ships were sitting outside of Long Beach or San Francisco Bay. They couldn't get in because so because inventories and containers got stacked up and everything just got, just stopped with COVID. And so there was this huge backlog of sea containers, which is how most of the freight moves around the world. 
So anyway, but what happened was shippers got stuck with these enormous detention charges. They got stuck with the cost of a container sitting in a yard in Long Beach through no fault of their own. And these detention charges ended up being huge. And also the steamship companies would start charging extra fees at what was a $1,600 container for an importing company ended up being like $20,000. I'm Mm. not kidding. It was, I don't know what that percentage increase is, but it's enormous. And of course, we all paid for that price. Shippers got mad and they put a lot of pressure on Congress to come up with a new shipping act. It was called the Ocean Shipping Reform Act of 2022. And the Federal Maritime Commission is what oversees all this. And they became empowered to investigate unreasonable detention charges. And also, another thing is they can look at shipping lines who are, like, refusing cargo space to shippers, even though they have the space so that they get their prices up. That They do that. It's not a new phenomenon, but they certainly were taking advantage of it during COVID. And the FMC can now get involved and prevent that from happening. So some things are happening to get the costs back down to a more normal place. One other thing I wanted to mention is people may or may not be aware of how dependent we became with China as a location of manufacturing for U.S. goods that we brought in or U.S. parts and things like Apple is a huge dependence on China. Well, that made everybody start rethinking and the term you may hear is near sourcing, and it's a trend. And companies now are looking move to Mexico, some of their Asian sources to Mexico and Canada, Latin America to closer markets. And we're actually bringing some manufacturing back to the U.S. that we lost over the 80s and 90s. Those are some trends I think people could be aware of. Absolutely. You know that Looking Forward is heard by listeners all over the world. Yeah. We're very much globally focused. In terms of what's happening around the rest of the world, yeah. both during the peak of COVID and now, different about you know how it affected the shipping business, the exporting business, the international trade business from the perspective of other countries, other places? Yeah. Well, let me say this. I'm going to talk about some of the differences between being a U.S. exporter and the countries that we do business with. I think the trends that I mentioned really have affected everybody in the world because we're all connected and everybody is buying from Asia or buying from Latin America or whatever. So a lot of those problems were the same. Some countries have more efficient ports than others, a lot of the same phenomenon. But there are some things to be aware of when you want to sell in other parts of the world because markets are different. Just remember that Canada and Mexico, even though we're all North America, are very important trading partners with the U.S. So we do a lot of business with them. But let's talk about some of the other places in the world where we may want to sell. The U.S. has very strong laws that apply to exporting and importing, and we have very high standards. And we as American companies have to abide by those laws. You know, a lot of other places, Europe has very high standards 
and requirements to sell there. There are some countries that don't have the same standards. That's just a fact. I'm not making a judgment call. It's just a fact. So some places may not be as many consequences over there for doing things like what we would call kickbacks, for example. That's just in some places. I'm not going to name specific countries, but there are parts of the world where that's just a normal way of doing business. We cannot do that as U.S. companies. And if it's found out that we do, we will lose our ability to sell to those countries or big penalties. Also, something else about U.S. exporters is we have to worry about liability. If our product is going to hurt somebody or or cause some kind of problem, we're just very protective of our products. And we have to, and you know, the U.S. requires, the government requires a certain amount of having good quality products. And also people will sue us in the U.S. if we don't have good quality products. So we have to be aware of that. That's not always the same phenomenon in other parts of the world. One other thing I want to talk about, there are trade barriers entering certain markets. You may have to have a certain kind of certification. You may have to label your products and packaging different. The translation of your marketing materials, you have to be very careful because if you don't have the right translation, it could mm. be the wrong thing. <laughs> it could turn off somebody or even offend or embarrass. You know, there's that kind of thing. Excellent. Looking forward, as you may know, Betsy, is primarily focused on opportunities. And you're an expert on exporting international trade. What opportunities do you see for people, no matter where they live almost, they don't have to be in the United States. They could be in the other side of the world and involved in the same kind of business. For these people, any or all of these, it's up to you. Job and career seekers, entrepreneurs, freelancers, small businesses, or investors. Where do you see opportunities? In general, exporting is just hugely and vital to the U.S. economy, okay? Because, you know, you hear about balance of trade. Well, we import more than we export. So the more we export, the more balance. So it is very important. There are hundreds of markets for U.S. products and services around the world. And for any U.S. company that has a good product or service, by exporting, you have a diverse customer base. The world economy is changing all the time. Sometimes our economy's up. Sometimes it's down. While ours is up, somebody else's is doing well and vice versa. So by exporting, you're always having a diverse market base and it keeps your business going. So I think that entrepreneurs and businesses, small and medium, should absolutely be looking at export markets. Investors, I would say investing in companies that are diversified and export, well, that's a great opportunity. As I said, they have more opportunities to sell. And for job seekers, look for companies that do international business. It's exciting and more and more companies are involved. So are you seeing more opportunities these days for job and career seekers and for entrepreneurs and the small businesses or and medium businesses? Or are things pretty much the same from when you got into this thing many years ago? It's a growth area for sure. Growth area. It's definitely a growth area. Let me shift the focus a little bit here. I'm listening to Looking Forward right now, and I live in Peru, or I live in New Zealand. Okay. 
or I live in Africa and I'm listening to Betsy and I know Betsy's in the United States and she's doing all this exporting of U.S. goods. But what about me? I live in Peru. I can import or I can export to the United States, right? Are there opportunities for me if I don't live in the United States? And maybe I could even work with the United States company helping them. I don't know. Where might those opportunities be for people who are not U.S.-based? Okay. And for anybody, every country has a trade office. And that trade office is where you can start to talk about you want to sell to that country or you want to buy from that country. So go to that country's trade office. It's on the internet. And that's a great place to start. You talked about this as being a growth market, at least in terms of the United States. Is it a growth market if I don't live in the United States? If I'm living in Peru, if I'm living in New Zealand, if I'm living in Africa, does it work in reverse? Yeah, there's tremendous exporting opportunities. And even on the importing side, if I'm living in those countries, could you speak to that a little bit, please, Betsy? Yes, I can and not. It because that company in that country is dependent on upon their government for making it easy for them to sell. And they're also dependent on those foreign countries to make it easy for them to sell into those countries. So it depends on their economy. You know, if I'm in Peru, it depends on my economy there. If I can afford to sell my product, do the things you need to do, like packaging and marketing, and that sort of thing depends. If you have a very unstable political climate, it may not be as easy. Yeah, that's a good point. If I'm in the United States and I have a product, I might be working with you, I might not. On the other side, where I'm exporting my product, does that create a great demand for people who can help out on the recipient side, on the importing side, in those places where we're sending your products, your companies that you're representing, their products, other people are exporting products to India, China, wherever they're exporting. Does that create a concomitant increase in demand for people who can get involved, who can seize opportunities as importers? Absolutely. I tell you where there's a big demand is for dealers and distributors in all those countries because I talked about finding a good partner. Those are the partners you want to do business with are dealers and distributors. They buy your product and then they sell it in their market. It's a middleman. If you've developed that relationship and you can trust them, it's the best and easiest way to sell into that market. So there's a real need for good quality, honest distributors and dealers. That's exciting. Are there certain markets for U.S. goods where you're seeing increased demand, certain countries, let's say, where over the years you're now seeing, boy, there's a greater demand for the products that I'm involved with than there used to be? Is there any trending there? That's a difficult question because it depends on the product. It completely depends on the product. Well, here's an example. A long time ago, I used to sell vinyl siding. Well, there's certain markets in the world where they clad, you know, outside of their houses or brick or concrete. It doesn't look good to them to have vinyl siding. So it, it just depends on the product. There's no one answer for that. You just have to research and see where. Okay, so it's not like there are some markets that have become, quote unquote, hotter over the last several years. 
Well, let me say this. If you're just starting to export, you should always look to Canada because Canada is such a similar market to the U.S. and the consumers are similar. We just have so much in common. So Canada's always like the best place to start and also English-speaking countries. Sure. As we look into the future, which we do want looking forward, what's your best guess, Bessie, as to how exporting and international trade will evolve through the rest of this decade? Well, I think what we're going to see, and we're seeing it now, and I hope we see more of it, is innovation in the area of supply chains and logistics. The more innovation, the easier, quicker, and cheaper it will be to sell overseas. The other thing I'm hoping that we will see is more transparency in determining who you do business with, better tools for that. I actually think we need more of it. There are these big trading platforms like Alibaba and whatever where you supposedly can find buyers, but they're not perfect. You have to do your research. You probably need help doing that research. That's a trend I hope that we're seeing. But as far as a growth in exporting, yeah, I'm part of a movement, I would say, of growing exports. You know, I have a podcast called Export Stories Podcast. I'm trying to get more people to export with that. And I do work with the West Tennessee District Export Council. And there's district export councils in every state of the U.S. We're trying to help people export. Yeah, I think exporting is going to grow because of these kind of resources. So your prediction would be that at least through this decade, we're going to continue to see growth here. I imagine there had been growth pre-COVID and then COVID set things back. And maybe we're slowly getting back into that upward momentum. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly true. Unless we want to become completely self-sufficient and just in a world to ourselves, there's always going to be exporting and there's always going to be importing. Yes. And again, going back to what you said earlier, I'm gathering that in general, that feeling that you just expressed is similarly felt by those who live in other countries who also rely on exporting. That's right. Okay. I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it and about looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting, creation, and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. We not only like to do what you've been doing, Betsy, which is telling people about the opportunities and where things are going, we like to give our listeners some tips on how they can go about seizing 
the opportunities that are out there as you've outlined them in the business of exporting and international trade. Betsy, I point you in the direction in part of those people who are living outside the United States too, when you talked about the distributors. How do people find these jobs, these opportunities? How do they start these businesses? Again, you don't have to cover the whole landscape. Knowing what you know, Betsy, after 40 years, if you were sitting down with somebody, whether they lived in Timbuktu or in Nashville, right. what are some of the gems that you might tell them to do if they want to look into getting involved in this? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. One word, research, 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 research. You got to do a lot of research. You have to set aside the time to do that about your product or about your service. Who is using similar products or services around the world? That's the first place to start. For a U.S. company, a great place to start is export.gov. It's the Department of Commerce's website. And there's lots of resources to help small, medium-sized companies export. One is the U.S. Commercial Service, the Department of Commerce, and the SBA, the Small Business Administration. They have cost-effective resources for small, medium-sized businesses. And like I said, every country has their own trade office. So you can go to those countries' trade offices and get some help. Each country has its own laws and restrictions on importing. So that's another reason why you need to do research. And of course, you can use an export management company such as mine because we help with that research. We help small and medium-sized businesses start up export programs or assist with corralling those resources that I mentioned, commercial service, SBA. For my clients, I am like they're a virtual international department. To the outside world, it's like I'm part of those companies and I help them find buyers and qualify partners and that kind of thing. We help with finding and qualifying good partners. There are a lot of people out there that say they can be your partner, but they may not be a good fit. Okay. One other thing I want to talk about for people who are exporting or thinking about exporting, here there's lots of scammers. Well, in international trade, it's just a huge world of scammers, and you have to be very careful. You have to research who you're doing business with. Just keep in mind, you need to be cautious. The best protection that a U.S. company can have in selling in other markets is to find a good, qualified partner in those countries. That partner knows the local laws and the local customs, and they can guide you on how to do business in those countries. Excellent. Are there any circumstances where either you, Betsy, or somebody who has a similar business to you in the United States would help somebody who lives in Guatemala and has a product? Or are you only working with U.S. companies? I only work with U.S. companies helping them sell overseas because I like the idea of promoting U.S. exports. That's my business. So I can't speak for other countries. But like I said, if you go to their trade office, I I want another thing. Here's another thing. Whatever industry you're in, Every industry has a, an industry trade group in other countries. So go to that trade group for your industry. And the other thing are trade shows. There's a cost to it, but it's a great way 
to meet in that country people in your business, industry trade shows, excellent place. Those are great tips. I'm just going to add something. And certainly if you want to comment, go right mm-hmm. ahead, Betsy. I personally have learned through working on this very podcast that the United States Department of Commerce has representatives in countries around the world. Right. And they have helped me work with representatives who are in those foreign countries who know what's going on in those foreign countries. That's another resource that some people might want to take advantage of. And I would imagine, and maybe you know about this, that in those foreign countries, they have representatives that are in the United States that might be doing the same things to help people who have products in faraway lands get their products into the United States. Oh, yeah. So the way it works, if you're a U.S. company and you want to sell overseas, you go to the export.gov, which is the Department of Commerce, and find your local office. There's one in every state in most large cities. And they will help you find those offices in those countries that have Department of Commerce people. On the other side, if you want to import from different countries, then you go to the trade office in that country. Excellent. Betsy, this has been wonderful, great tips, very helpful, but we cannot leave without you letting our listeners know the best way that they can learn more about you and what you're doing at Olam International, about your podcast, Export Stories, which provides real people, real examples of things that people have been through. I know there's some humor in it, too, because some of these stories are kind of funny or embarrassing or whatever. And whatever else you'd want to let them know about, please, this is your chance. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, for anybody, the small, medium-sized companies that want help exporting, you can go to olaminternational.com and contact me and we can talk. You know, hopefully I can help your company. And then to learn more about exporting, exportstoriespodcast.com. We're all about storytelling about exporting experiences. And I think you'll find it very interesting and helpful. Yes. And I just want to add to that. I will put this in the show notes. But for those who are listening right now, Olam, O-L-I-M, M as in Mary, Olam International. And she truly operates an international business. Betsy, wonderful having you on. You've enlightened me. I made several notes here about things that I'm going to check out, and I'm sure that our listeners have made their own notes and been given the first steps that they can take to try to figure out where these opportunities might be, how to capitalize on them, and research (laughs) is my biggest takeaway. (laughs) Good, good. I'm glad. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored that you wanted me to share my experience. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www jeff ostroffcom or through my email address jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.